no matter what evolves, you need to always keep learning and be on top of the game that you are never sort of redundant. Welcome to Tech Inspired. My name is Priska and I am your host today. With this podcast, we want to inspire and empower more women to start a career in tech. We interview you on a regular basis exciting guests from the tech industry who share their stories, insights and career advice. Let's get started to build your best career in tech. So today I'm very happy to do a little bit of an excursion into the metaverse together with Mega Shrestha. She is the CEO and co-founder of Metablocks, and I'm sure we're going to hear more about her company later on as well. But first of all, welcome to this podcast and please introduce yourself a little bit. Thank you so much, Prishka. Such an opportunity you have given and thank you so much for it. It's really exciting to be on your podcast. So as you said, I am Mega. Originally, I come from Nepal, but uh, I have been in Switzerland for more than four years now. I am the CEO. I co-founded together a company called Metablocks. It's the first Swiss metaverse platform. And we focus on corporates to bring them, you know, their journey to help them in this innovative journey towards Web3 and metaverse projects. And this has been basically our focus. And uh, we specialize in high quality graphics, but also really adding value to their business of not just somehow entering the metaverse, but actually how entering a metaverse or web three project can actually bring, you know, business relevance for them and so on. And this is how we have proceeded till now. Perfect. And I'm sure that's a hot topic right now with everything that is happening. Before we go into the details, what's happening today, I'm always curious to hear about your past. What was your connection to tech, especially from Mm -hmm. like your beginning childhood, what you were studying? So maybe you give us a little brief of of your resume. (laughs) Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, my encounter, let's say, to computers have actually been quite early. I was one of the most fortunate kids in back in my country because when I was already in my early classes, you know, in class two, class three, we had computer courses. And that was the first time that, uh, you know, my country had introduced computers. Growing up, we were very familiar with all sorts of computer programming as well. Even at school, we did programming. And that was the early start. But ultimately, I did not choose computer science as my background. I I chose to do a bachelor's in business administration. But my first career was actually in the tech uh, industry. So I was working for the largest tech company back in my country, but as a sales. But then I was helping businesses to get their business requirements I did understand system requirements and so on. I think that was one of the starts of my career in tech. But as opportunities came along, I changed industry. But my passion, you know, has always been stuck. And I always kept myself updated with the latest trends. So, yeah, when opportunity came, I went to do my second master's, which is master's in information systems, because I was fascinated by this huge trend of data analytics. Then when I came to Switzerland, I studied majoring in digital innovation and data science. And yeah, since then, I got this opportunity to venture into events, virtual events and so on. 
and then evolved, you know, this metaverse and Web3. And then I kept updating myself. And yeah, today, so we have co-founded together this company. And yeah. When you mentioned before you started your first career was in the, in the tech industry as a salesperson, how did you approach this? Or how was it for you to, to work then in the tech industry without having the tech background? Even though it's a sales position, you need the knowledge. Yeah. How did you do this? How did you land this job at all? Well, landing the job, I have been very fortunate to have a lot of mentors and very important mentors who have played quite an interesting role in my life and my career. And this was one of the suggestions from one of my mentors to join this company as they were really looking for young students who wanted to learn. And I was also fortunate enough to have really good colleagues. So every time there was a new project, I was paired with, you know, some of the colleagues whom even now I work with because we were so back then really good connected. So, yeah, so they would uh, teach me and I am always, I have always been a curious learner. I could learn quickly. And since my background in computers, you know, as a child, I knew a lot about systems and so on. So it was quite interesting to grasp you know, easily and so on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what happens after the sales job? Where did you venture next? I actually have been interested in two industries. One is the human resources and one is the tech, right? So after that, I actually got very interesting opportunities for, you know, introducing the Swiss dual education. So I actually jumped to the education industry and I got the opportunity to introduce the Swiss dual system back in my country. And so then I switched into the education industry and that's where I continued. You know, I also designed human resource information system. So in a way, it was always like a merge, you know. So even though I switched industries, there was always a role of technology, the various ways of intersection of technology in different fields, I would say. Okay. So you just mentioned the dual system, education system in Switzerland, that you introduced it also in, in your country. What was there any other difference you can see between Switzerland and your country when you're now working in, in Switzerland, especially also in the tech industry? In a way, if we talk about education and the benefits of dual education is that even when you are fresh, you do understand the professional world. You do understand, you know, the daily jobs and you are very close with the industry, I would say. I did a master's back in my country. It was very theoretical. You know, we did have case presentations and, you know, use case stories and so on. But it's really not like here when I was doing my master's. We were given every semester projects to really work in collaboration with the companies. And this, I think, is really amazing out here because you really understand what is relevant today in the industry, that you could also understand what is important, what skills you need to develop, and you always have this connection with the industry. And that's what I think is much more better here. But in terms of theory, I think it's it's the same, but it's the practical relevance that really prepares you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I fully agree to that because my career, I did the dual degrees as well. I was kind mm -hmm. of lazy when I was a kid in school. And for me, it was the best solution because I always needed to have this 
reality with the theory. Yeah. So I needed to understand what do I learn and what is it good for actually then when I go into the real world with it. So um, yeah. yeah, I think that's really important for a young mind to really understand, you know, the hands-on experience of why are you learning this skill or why are you learning this theory even in general and yeah, to be yeah. really relevant. Exactly. I'm more interested now what you're doing now because you're in the metaverse space. Um, how did you end up there? So why did you choose to co-found a company in the metaverse space? What led you to this? I think it happened very organically because I never thought I would come to Switzerland and co-found a company, right? So I still work as the head of events in an association called Swiss Association of MBAs. It's like a network of all the Ivy League school alumni. So we arrange networking events like conferences, roundtable talks, small networking events, and so on. Unfortunately, when it got restarted and I joined it, COVID happened. And, you know, as harsh as is, it was, our whole business model was sort of not working because people wanted to network. But, you know, everyone switched to Zoom calls, even for work. So that really made us to really think more innovatively. And that's where we came up with developing a 3D space where it's fun. It's also individualistic because avatars can go and talk to each other, like how, you know, we talk in the real world and no more Zoom calls because it was sort of, you know, you work in the Zoom call and then again, you don't want to sort of network in the Zoom call. So that's what we ventured into. And for one year during COVID, we were actually doing a lot of events. And we were one of the only associations who were actually doing networking events and conferences where everything else was shut. Mm -hmm. When we got this opportunity, we also had the opportunity to work with a lot of corporates. We were doing with PwC, with EY, with Credit Suisse and so on to do small and big events and conferences. We also got this opportunity to sort of, you know, understand user feedback and really improve our technology. And eventually we actually got demands from these corporates to do more and to do more projects and to maybe build offices and so on. And also on the other hand, because we had developed something, you know, organically and also got customer feedback from all the, you know, Ivy League school alumni who were really like corporates and so on. We actually got funding. We, we raised 1.25 million and then we could actually then really, you know, so earlier it was just like no name spin off, you know, project. And then we actually incorporated it as a Swiss company and formalized it. And since then we have been working. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it was something that, you know, the opportunity. So COVID brought us, let's say the opportunity and uh, we sort of started innovating, finding solution. And yeah, that's how we actually evolved. So for someone who has never ever heard of the metaverse or maybe heard of it, but has no idea what that contains or what it is for, and specifically also when you work with corporates, what mm -hmm. is the use case for a corporate? Can you give us a little bit more insight, describe it for someone who has no idea? <laughs> well, I think this has always been the difficult job, right? But maybe let's try. So a metaverse is sort of like a virtual extension of your world where you become like an avatar 
you know, it could be anyone that you choose. So you have the freedom to look like yourself, but also, you know, you have the freedom to look like anyone. So you enter this world and then you, you can meet other people. You can interact with them. You can interact with different immersive experiences that the companies would like you to experience. Um, I think some of the use cases that are mostly used currently would be events. As we also suggested, there are a lot of events that are happening, networking events, but also presentations and so on are happening. Brands are now getting really interesting in terms of their marketing strategies of how they want to expose, you know, their audience or their customers towards their product to learn about them more, to inform them more. But also this whole evolution of Web3 has made the inventions of things like NFTs, the non-fungible tokens, which you can actually own. It's own, sell, buy, and so on. So yeah, I think in general, it would be like an extension to your real world in the virtual space it can be through vr glasses because that's one of the most immersive one where you really feel that you know you are there but also there are mobile versions laptop like desktop versions and web versions so there are a lot of different technology bases that you could use to enter this world mm -hmm, absolutely i remember when we met last time and we talked about it i thought it was really interesting you were talking about building the cities, rebuilding or copying cities into the virtual world and, and allowing people to go even shopping there. Yeah. And I think that that's a pretty cool use case. Can you give me some, tell me about it again for also for the, for the listeners? Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. So we started with the building the first city, Paris. So we, we call it Meta Paris. And it's basically, we started with the seventh district which has the Eiffel Tower, the park, and then the surrounding shops. So you could actually be an avatar. You could go into this space. And then if you are just a normal customer, you could actually enter the shop. You could interact with, you know, the objects. Like if you see a watch or if you see a dress, you could try it on or, you know, your avatar can try it on. And then you could even, you know, sort of go with your friends to shop or, you know, go to a concert together in Paris, in the virtual Paris and have this nice experience. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it's fascinating. I can think of many, many different other use cases going forward. What do you see the future of the metaverse? What is, what do you think is going to happen in the future? I think currently we are quite in the early stages, you know, because the technology is not that advanced. The architecture that we have to build in right now is not till and you know advanced because we have to rely a lot in terms of quality and delivery of the product in the in the client side of the laptops or whatever they are using. Uh, but I think in the future, I think generative AI is going to play a huge part, which which we are also now venturing into, where you know it's not stagnant. So currently, you know, a project builds something and it's stagnant. I mean, it takes a lot of resource to build this virtual world. And it's basically the same thing again. So until and unless you change something, it's going to remain this sort of stagnant. And then a user goes into the space and then, you know, that's it. With the immersion and development of, you know, chat GPT and generative AI and so on, I think this is going to massively change how we look into this metaverse as well, because then you have the power 
It's also, I think currently, it's very developers driven. So it's basically, if you are a project and you need to develop something, you have to rely heavily on 3D designers and so on. With generative AI being, you know, massively being developed, still a long way to go, but you know how it's advancing. I think even normal people could actually, you know, write what they want and then build these little games or little experiences for them, for customers. So I see a lot of evolution then because then it becomes much more affordable, but much more, you know, dynamic that you could today have something and tomorrow suddenly change and you don't need to, you know, pay a hefty amount of thousands of dollars to do that. Absolutely. But I think you say something very important, like, at the end of the day, maybe everyone is able to create something because we have the tools on hand with, with AI and all the other technologies. But the most important tool remains is our creativity. So yeah. having, having the idea and being able to push forward with this idea that it's going to be the key in the future, no matter which technology we are talking about. Definitely. So if anyone would be interested to explore the metaverse respectively, finding out what kind of opportunities are there to to work in the metaverse, what would you recommend them to do or to even learn more about the metaverse? I think now that what we see is self-education, there are so many materials you know, in the internet, you, you can literally go to YouTube and find so many good videos. I myself always have updated myself and learned everything from blockchain to NFTs to Web3, Metaverse, everything on YouTube. And, you know, there are also now dedicated courses that you could do earlier. It was not, but now we have been looking into even Coursera and so on has some metaverse courses for basic and i think self research is the most you know useful tool right now to make yourself aware i think if you have a passion and you really dedicate time to it even 5 minutes a day or so you could watch a youtube video and you know you, you are so much enlightened by what's happening in the world so and and everyday new inventions you know you it's you cannot catch up to the pace like how people are inventing you know breakthrough technologies and so on different use cases you know you you hear every now and then a new project that has come and it's so innovative in its own that you can learn so much so yeah what kind of skills do you feel or what kind of person would be required in this in this space or who do you think would be a good person to move into this space from diff, like from any other industry or any other roles i would say definitely a person who's quite creative and you know, who can think out of the box, uh, right? And to be able to adapt to, you know, continuous learning. So I think someone who's curious by nature and who's quite innovative and creative, who thinks outside the box and who's sort of really persistent in, you know, making it happen that you, you, you know, you have so many things in life going on, but then you still dedicate, you know, that half an hour to self-educate yourself. I think this is one of the most important skills. Yeah. yeah like rest, anywhere. rest, I think, can be learned because, yeah. you know, even programming and, you know, everything, I think these skills can be acquired if you really think, uh, you know, you, you want to do it. What are you learning right now? Anything on your list right now you're looking into? Well, I finally passed my driving license. <laughs> <laughs> I just passed my driving license yesterday, which was very important to sort of move from places. 
But yeah, for me, I think AI has been always fascinating. And, you know, the the sort of emergence of generative AI in this space has been quite important. And this is what my current focus is in, how it's going to impact, you know, what technologies are coming in. But also, you know, there are so many advancements, like in terms of systems, what systems to use and so on. So I think for me, to keep myself relevant right now, I'm looking to many blockchain use cases for Web3 use cases and how it can be used for different kind of corporate use cases and so on. There are so many startups that have come up with really amazing technology and you're not well aware if you, you know, because it, it's really difficult for startups to, to come to the highlight where everyone knows it, right? Mm -hmm. So for me to really look into that and, and see what's happening I think this is what I'm currently busy in. Perfect. And I'm happy to hear that you did your driving license. That gives me some kind of security that we are not moving completely into the metaverse. We still need some transportation in the real world. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, even though I am sort of like an advocate that metaverse is going to be the next trend, I never think that human interaction is ever going to be replaced because, mm -hmm. you know, I feel that metaverses and digital experiences are sort of like your extended form of reality, which you cannot do in the real world. This is what you do, you know, in, in the virtual world. Mm -hmm. But I'm a big believer of, you know, mutual connection and the human touch. Um, you know, this is way, way forward in terms of because we actually at the end are social beings and we need that human touch and we need that social and metaverses and these kind of experience are something to bring closer the world where we cannot actually meet, let's say. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Perfect. Thank you very much for sharing all this information. It was very enlightening for me as well. Before we close this episode, I'd like to ask you a couple of speed questions and you just answer what's on top of your mind. Okay. So the first one is, who is your favorite female role model? Oh, wow. That's, that's a difficult one because I have so many. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would say one person who has been quite motivating is maybe the founder of Bumble, Whitney Wolf, because I really admire her for her courage and, you know, the, the way she really turned, you know, this, something that was so male you know, led into something really powerful for the women, I would say. Also, like the little twist in innovation that uh, that really changed. Yeah, and, and maybe also someone who has really worked to bring women into tech would be maybe Reshma Sojani. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, she's the CEO of Girls Who Code. And I think uh, she's a, quite an advocate for that. And I really admire her for her. So maybe these two. Perfect. Thank you. And the next one is, what is your most important skill? I think persistence in, you know, learning and not making myself redundant mm -hmm. to, to really learn the newest trends and be on top of it. Very important. Yes. And the last one is, what is the best advice you were ever given? Yeah. I think the best advice that I have been ever given is from my father, who very early on told me that, you know, the world can change and today you might be important, your skills might be, but tomorrow it can really fastly change. And you need to always make sure that 
no matter what evolves, you need to always keep learning and be on top of the game that you are never sort of redundant. And yeah, this has always been in my you know, mind. And I think from early on, he has shaped me into, you know, being this curious person to always see what's going on and, you know, just, just curious to learn. Perfect. A very wise advice from your father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for being our guest. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, Vishka. Pleasure. Did you enjoy this episode? Don't forget to comment or rate us on your podcast app. Never want to miss an episode again? Sign up now for our newsletter on techface.ch or follow us on Spotify or wherever you are listening to podcasts. Stay tuned and build your best career in tech.